Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am Z and we have a great show planned for you. We're talking Daniel Jones's future, the Mets hiring a new manager, and it's Festivus. So as you know, we are going to get our airing of grievances out. We got a lot of problems with a lot of people and they're going to hear about it. But let's start with the week that was in the NFL and where we ended up in terms of sports in general. Some of the more controversial games, we had the Kansas City Chiefs knocking off the LA Chargers in overtime, but the real story here is the management and the decision-making of head coach Brandon Staley going for it five times on fourth down. Super aggressive, particularly within field goal range, where passing on those points, going for touchdowns, ultimately bit the Chargers in the ass because nine points would have kept them out of overtime. And ultimately, Patrick Mahomes did the deed and the Chiefs won 34 to 28. Another questionable decision call, or at least one that made you scratch your head, depending on depending on what team you root for. The Green Bay Packers knocked off the Baltimore Ravens 31 to 30, and literally boiled down to the last game, the last play of the game. Touchdown by Tyler Huntley. Coach Harbaugh goes for the two points. He's got Justin Tucker. On the sideline, this is the second time it's happened. He's one of the best, if not the best kicker in NFL history. Yes, the defense is banged up, but you take your chances and maybe in overtime you can pick off the Packers. Instead, they went for Andrews and ultimately they did not. So they were unsuccessful on that fourth down. Packers win 31-30. So a couple of head scratchers and, you know, you wonder about the aggressiveness of the nature. Yes, you play to win the game, but you really got to think about, you know, timing and the role of analytics and when you actually use it to your advantage. Because just because the card says you go for it doesn't mean you necessarily have to go for it, you know? There's some context in everything and I think that Sometimes that gets a little lost. And we're now in a little bit of a COVID situation once again, as spikes are raging across the states and the NHL has been put on pause right now. It was going to be initially just the regular holiday pause, but the NHL extended it in light of multiple COVID cancellations, 
The NFL weekend had multiple games moved, much to the dismay of Mark Davis of the Las Vegas Raiders, who actually won their game. So it was kind of pointless to complain. But hey, you do you, Mark. But um, ultimately, COVID is rearing its ugly head again, and it might impact the Christmas Day slate in the NBA. We will see how this goes. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes. Flight crew through and through. The last QB in St. John's history. What's up, D? How's it going, man? And happy Festivus. Yeah, happy Festivus. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's odd what's going on right now, right? I mean, you have the NHL pausing their season, right? From December 22nd to December 26th, they're not playing any games. This is because of a, a rampant covid outbreak which saw uh, a league where almost a hundred percent of the players and staff were fully vaccinated and they have so many breakouts that not only did they have to pause the season but uh, they came to an agreement with the players association that they were not going to participate in the olympics and this is wild right because this is one thing that most hockey players take a lot of pride in being able to go and play for their country in the Olympics because I believe the NHL has the most international players. Then you have the NBA who had to reschedule, I believe, 11 of their 11 teams' games because they had an outbreak. And then the oddest thing of all is you have the NFL who reschedules some games doesn't cancel any games but then they change their COVID policy to the degree of now they're no longer going to test vaccinated players they're only going to test players that are not vaccinated and they'll test vaccinated players only if they ask to be vaccinated or if they're showing symptoms what the fuck are you talking about like are you serious you take this measure while other leagues are pausing and shutting down you're taking the stance of you know what we're just not gonna test anybody because this is this is turned out to be a disaster i mean we got positive tests all over the place we just won't test anybody and then we'll be able to play our games as normal sound okay to you bob yeah sounds great to me Raj. like what are you talking about I don't know where the disconnect is. I don't know how. I mean, how foolish does this look for the NFL to move forward with their season in a year when they added an extra game? (laughs) Like, why? How could you possibly make this decision now while things are in the uptick? Uh, You know, and and I I was actually talking to... I was talking to a friend of mine who's a lead doctor, and one of the things he was questioning was, he's like, you know, listen, we have arguably some of the healthiest and we have some of the healthiest and well-fit players in professional sports, right? Now, they're fully vaccinated, and now all of them are coming down with the COVID virus. So what the fuck? Like, what? What does this mean? How does this mean for anything? Like, what are we gonna do? Mandate that they all get a booster? I, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. At the end of the day, 
this is a, a desperate attempt by the league to make sure that they finish this season yeah. on time. That's the yeah. only thing 100%. that this speaks to because if you look at it, right? They were supposed to be they were going to be Joe Hardass, right? Oh, we're not going to cancel anything. We're not going to do it. The soon as the rubber met the road and they were met with a little bit of resistance, they quickly backtracked on that, right? They, no, they were... remember originally it was we will teams will forfeit their games. Yeah. If they can't field the team on Sunday. That was the original agreement. And Mark Davis actually spoke to that when uh, they moved the the Raiders and the Browns. He said this puts us at a, com- a competitive disadvantage. I thought I thought we were this is, I thought we were doing this. I thought we were going to forfeit. Like I, I thought they were gonna they were gonna do this, but apparently right, because in that's Mark's, not the case. No, because in Mark's situation, he's like, yeah, you're moving my game, and now I got to play in a short week. Granted, they won. But, yeah, they, you know. but the but the, the whole thing, and and you know what? Give Gary Bettman credit here, because he is shutting down because he doesn't want unfair competition. He doesn't want his teams to be without their stars. He doesn't mm-hmm. want teams to be without their players. Same thing with the Olympics. I mean, he's not a big he's not a big fan of the Olympics because he doesn't want his, you know, their players going over there and getting hurt. But at the end of the day, he's like, "No, we're not going to do this. We're not going to push forward. We're going to shut it down right now and reevaluate after Christmas because we are having a spike and I don't know how to move forward." Like, you're talking about a football league that at one time suspended Tom Brady for deflating a football because of an unfair competitive advantage. Now, you got uh, Gilbert playing quarterback for the Washington football team a couple nights ago because Allen and Heineke couldn't come off the COVID list. How is that fair to the Washington football team? Their chances of making the playoffs are done now. Well, you also had Mullins, right? Nick Mullins started instead of Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum. Almost won the game, too. He almost won the game, which he, doesn't doesn't say much about Baker Mayfield, if you ask me. No, but, it doesn't. But at the same time, like both teams were at a competitive disadvantage right, at that point. Yeah, right. It's like, and, where, where do we draw on the line, guys? Like, we're supposed to have competitive football. This is not competitive when you're taking away the best players and telling a team, yeah, go out there and wing it. Especially teams that are on the fringe. Now, you get a team like the the Packers that were they 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 have they were above five hundred when they had to play without Aaron Rodgers. But the Browns went from like a six seed to a twelve to, to mm-hmm. out of the playoffs. And then you get the Washington football team that was competing for a spot to now their chances are shot to shit. That's not fair. How is that fair? And Forget about, you know, the fans, right? Now you also heavily involved in Vegas, heavily involved in betting, right? And fan now fantasy is like one of your number, it's either your number one or your number two draw. We got teams going into the playoffs right now. Some teams are playing championships this weekend. Some people are, are in their second round. Not gonna might not have Travis Kelsey, might not have Tyreek Hill. Come on. And now you're just kind of waiting. It's like it comes to a situation, man, there's a Thursday night game tomorrow. I got to play whoever I have because I don't know if my players are going to make it till Sunday. Yeah, It's completely short-sighted. It's completely boneheaded of Roger Goodell and the NFL because at the end of the day, 
you are not only playing with the competitive balance of the league, you're also playing with players' health and safety. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is this is absolutely ludicrous that you would be this irresponsible. And I understand that you know you're minimize you know you're going to minimize testing unless they feel symptomatic. But if you look at if you look at what's going on with Omicron, right? Omicron, for the most part, it's mild symptoms. It's sim- it's similar to a cold if you're vaccinated. You really you know you're really not impacted as as much if you are vaccinated. So. Are, are guys going to actually heed this or think, hey, I just have a cold? And are they just going to keep going? Like, are they going to err on the side of caution? Because the league certainly doesn't seem like they are because they just want to get their shit in. It, yeah. just, it just speaks to the fact that the league ultimately does not care about its players. You know, it starts with the guaranteed contracts and now it really speaks to that as well that they really do not care about whether their labor force is healthy or not and baker mayfield is 100 percent right about that when he fired off that tweet so say what you will about him on the field off the field he's got his finger on the pulse of what's going on right but the other is the other side of it is is like if i'm a player that's on a team that's losing let's say i'm on jacksonville or houston or if i'm on the bears where I know my my coach is not coming back next year, mm-hmm. it behooves me to get tested every day because I want to show up on the COVID list so I don't have to play, right? That's an excuse for me not to play. So it's not like I'm faking an injury. You know, I tested positive for COVID, whether it's a fake positive or whatever. I'm out this weekend. There's only three games left. The last thing I want to do is tear my Achilles or tear my ACL or tear a pec in a game that means nothing. Right? Especially if you're playing against a team that has nothing to play for, too. You got a bunch of people putting their life and the health and the safety of their family on the line for what? Looking to break into broadcast media, web development, social media marketing, or filmmaking? Then CSB is the program for you. From day one, you'll be trained hands-on by industry pros like friend of the show Rob Adams, whose goal is to get you trained and get you working in months, not years. CSB offers 8 and 16 week programs in small class sizes designed to give you the personalized attention you need. If you can make it in person, there are five East Coast locations. If you can't, they offer virtual classes too. How great is that? And once you graduate, you become part of the alumni network that gets you to the front of the line. Trust me, I'm going to love myself. Go to GoCSB.com today, request more info, set up a studio tour, and who knows, you may very well be on your way to a career in broadcast media. That's GoCSB.com and tell them Z sent you. GoCSB.com. Moving on into more football news. Brady and the Bucks got shut out at home. It's talking about the health and safety of players. The Bucks lost a ton of them. Mike Evans and Leonard Fournette went down with hamstring injuries. 
Chris Godwin is lost for the season due to an MCL tear. And I believe Levante David is also going to be gone for the season with an injury. Man, what are Brady's chances of moving forward without all of these stars? Well, it all it's this is the league of next man up, right? So Leonard Fournette, you're out. Rojo, it's your time to shine. And you know what? This this actually is a possibility for Keyshawn Vaughn, right? This is his time to prove that he can be the guy that they want him to be when they drafted him. Tell El Bell that. Well, Le'Veon Bell is not long for that team. I'm sorry. I know they signed him. He has to him. put his boxing career on hold now. You know, because he wants to fight a YouTuber. <laughs> good good luck, you know. Good for you, El Bell. You've been a waste for better part of, what, three years now? So, it is what it is. And the big winner here is apparently former Pittsburgh Steelers, because now Antonio Brown's out of the doghouse, right? Because... It's convenient for him to be out of the doghouse because they need him. Their number one receiver at this point, because you don't have Evans, you don't have Godwin, he automatically moves up to number one because you're not going to trust Tyler Johnson in that role. You're not going to trust Scotty Miller in that role. You're not going to run three tight end sets with Gronk, Howard, and Cameron Brait. You're going to have to do something. It's got to be next man up and... You know, with that many injuries, it's difficult for me to say that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are going to be able to get back to where they were. However, because of the fact that Antonio Brown slots everybody down one to where Brown is your one, Johnson's your two, Miller becomes your slot receiver, your three... You could probably get a couple games, and if Rojo actually can be the bell cow that they want him to be, and Keyshawn Vaughn can fill in and supplement and back him back him up effectively, they'll still kind of tread water, but repeat, repeat looks a hell of a lot more difficult. Yeah, I mean, I kind of disagree with you, and I only for the reason that I think Levante David's probably the biggest loss for them because I think Rojo proved last year that he can play I mean he does have fumble issues but he can play and they're getting an Antonio Brown back that hasn't played in over six weeks and let's be real Antonio Brown can be a number one receiver on any team in the league and they can rely on him so I'm not gonna count them out um it just it seems very important now though that they do compete all the way to the end to get that number one seed because that'll help them right it'll help them to be able to get a bye week to rest up before having to play to play the playoffs um you know the pucks got shut out at home the saints are 0-4 i mean the the bucks are 0-4 against the saints or at least brady's 0-4 against the saints it's coming down there in the regular season. Uh, I'm not sure what Dennis Allen knows about Tom Brady. The rest of the league doesn't. But, I mean, getting that shutout 9-0, I think it was the first time he was shut out since, like, 2006 or something crazy like that. 
But you know, one of the things Brady brought up at the end of his uh, at the end of the game and in the press conference, he was talking about you know they need to put in rules that protect the wide receivers from low hits, just like they protect the linemen and the quarterbacks. What you feel? How do you feel about that? The message is fine. The timing is a little suspect just because it definitely I can see where guys would think it was like sour grapes after the game. And I believe players actually tweeted in response to that. Okay, so you don't want us to play football. Got it. Message heard, Tom. But for player safety, I understand that, you know, like it's a livelihood issue. Their knees the wide receiver's knees, like a running back's knee, a lineman's knee, a quarterback's knee, they're all, I mean, it's their bread and butter. Defensive, you know, the, the main issue is the legislation of defense. You know, at what point, at, at what point does it stop? Because it is, it's a very true statement that you need to protect the knees, but you can only hit where? In the chest? At that point, you can't wrap up an ankle. Like the strike zone for a legal hit is getting smaller. And just like in baseball, it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller to the point where you're going to get a guy square in the chest plate and you're going to get called for unnecessary roughness at some point. Like it is getting a little ridiculous with the amount that defense is being legislated. But at the same time, I get where Brady's coming from, and I, you know, it's it's going it's going too far. It definitely is going too far. But as far as uh, to go back to what you're saying about why Dennis Allen and his defense is so effective against Tom Brady is that they can get him off his spot. Guys like Demario Davis, guys like Mar- uh, Cameron Jordan, you have disruptors on that defense. Quan Alexander, another guy. They can get in the backfield. They can get him off his spot, either make him throw the ball before he's ready or make him turtle up and take that sack. So that's really where, you know, for whatever reason, this defense and the way that Dennis Allen schemes it has become the kryptonite. And this is a copycat league. So hopefully guys are watching tape so that they can kind of figure out how to get Brady off his spot. Because, you know, 21 years in the league, they still haven't really figured out how to get Brady off his spot. Yeah, I think I think Allen's approach is similar to approaches that Tony Dungy used to do, uh, where it's, we're going to rush four. We're going to rush four. We're going to play coverage. And the Saints just happen to have like one of the best defensive ends in the game in Cam Jordan. Mm-hmm. So that's really what I think helped him there. And then the fact that he didn't have any of his weapons. He, mm-hmm. he didn't have Brown. He didn't have Fournette. He didn't have Mike Evans. He didn't have Antonio Brown. So his timing with all those receivers were off and Gronk. Gronk, he, he, he missed some passes and... He looks incredibly slow running around. So I don't think it's so much that Dennis Allen has his number. It's that, you know, that's always been, that's always been the kryptonite for Tom was if you can get, if you can get pressure with four, you got a chance. If you're going to give, if you're going to blitz a guy and, and give him an extra one out there, you're done. So, and that's the same thing with, 
you know, he he loves dropping the ball down to the backs. You had Keyshawn Vaughn drop two passes. Uh, Fournette was gone. Rojo was trying to do everything. So, uh, you know, I think if they were to face the Saints again, they'd have better success. But to go back to what Tom was discussing in regards to in regards to legs, you know, I'm, I don't mean to be ruthless with this, but it's, you know, you're all in a league together. You're all in a fraternity. I think it, it it's up to your competition to not go for the knees and to try to hit the strike zone to the best that they can. And if they don't, shouldn't be penalized for it. It's more or less like, do better next time. I know we're talking about careers, but if you ask players, they'd rather get hit in the head than get hit in the knees, you know, because at least with that, it's not going to affect them walking and they're not going to have to go under the knife or anything like that. I understand the NFL's push for safety, but I mean, Chris Godwin's a wide receiver. Cast the ball and get down. How many years did uh, Welker have to change his way of approaching games because he was getting concussions where he started catching the ball and, and falling? And, you know, it's not as easy when you're trying to catch and run. And I'm not I'm not promoting people getting hit in the knees and ending careers. But this is professional football. It's not it's a bang, bang play. It's, it's not as easy as it sounds. Even the best tacklers at points are just going to miss. No, absolutely. And, you know, everybody fights for the extra yard. It's not instinctive of them to just sit down on a play only I mean the really the only time you see that is really on a third down with a tight end who's gonna run in kind of box out a defender catch the ball and just like plop his ass down but you really oh that's the only time you really see it sometimes with a running back same thing but it's not instinctive of the wide receiver position because the, I mean it's just yards after catch yards after catch yards after catch but when you think about it, what are we always screaming at during two-minute drills? Get out of bounds. Go down. Get out of bounds. Go down. Get back to the line. Get back to the huddle. Yeah. So it's like we saw this a couple of uh, we saw this a couple of weeks ago with Chase Claypool made the catch, didn't get back to the huddle, didn't really go down. Decided to you know pimp his catch and ultimately cost his team the game. So it's, you know, it's something that needs to be taught. It's something that is not instinctive of this generation of wide receivers. And, you know, I think over time it will, it has no choice but to improve because they're not, they're going to keep hitting you. They're just going to keep hitting you where they can hit you. And you have to adjust. I think there needs to be more flexibility with the rule, though. I mean, like, I like some a lot of times the quarterbacks get hit low, and they're not getting hit low because the defensive tackle is coming in low. It's because the defensive end, the defensive tackle is exhausted from fighting with the guard, and he's making a diving attempt just to get the quarterback on the ground, or he might have even tripped and fell, and with his last kind of, you know, throwing himself out there. He clips the quarterback, and I know it's unfortunate. You don't want to see quarterbacks get hurt, and you don't want to see them, you know, hurt their knees and stuff like that. But I mean, I I think that's different from 
a Mike linebacker coming on a blitz and going right for a knee, right? right? And then the other part is, is like a lot of times when they throw these screen passes, you have the corner is coming in to make the tackle and he's got to take on a block from an offensive lineman. He can't take on that block. So what does he do? He tries to take the lineman down by throwing himself at the knees. What is he supposed to do? Right. You want him to take that guy on full. You know, he's going to die doing that. You can't. You or you can't have these like that. Or you have these mobile quarterbacks who are just extending the play, extending the play, extending the play. And, you know, you're caught as a defensive player. You're now caught in between. It's like, is he a runner yet? Is he a runner yet? Is he? A, can I hit him? Can I hit him now? Yeah. Please. And we had that one guy in the Bears game. He kind of like squirted Kendricks. through Kendricks, yeah. Yeah, that one. And then you had another guy who just like squirted through a defensive lineman's legs and picked I think he picked uh, uh Justin Fields' ankle. Or maybe uh, Kirk or maybe Kirk Cousins' ankle. And he got called for a penalty. I'm like, yeah. are you you know No, it can't be that way. And that's the other thing. I think it needs to it, you know, it you gotta stop going by the book and say, Oh, he hit him in the legs at the penalty. Let's assess it a little bit more. Let's look at it a little bit more. Let's think about it a little bit more. It's not. I don't think it's just so cut and dry. Even like the the, the hits to the head. There was a hit to the head in the Chicago game where he really didn't hit the guy in the head. He actually hit him in his chest and hit the ball, and they called him for a personal foul. He, that's not right. And you know, we're, we'll talk. I think we're going to talk about it a little bit later. But that's where instant replay has got to be like, well, hold on, guys. Like. He really didn't hit him in the head or he really didn't go for he really wasn't this wasn't a malicious hit he was trying to knock the guy down in a safe way i just eh, i don't know i don't know yeah, what to do about it. it it's a it's a gray area it's a gray area is your hair thinning or is your hairline receding Scalp micropigmentation will fill in the areas where your hair is missing by creating a short buzz cut look. Micropigmentation is a non-invasive procedure that will create the illusion of hair follicles for 7 to 10 years. For people with alopecia, this could be a permanent fix. For people with scars on their scalp, this is a great way to camouflage a scar. Don't lose confidence or feel like you need to wear a hat wherever you go. Marquez Studio is located in the Bronx and is open for all your scalp micropigmentation needs. Consultations are free and appointments can be made any day of the week. Get your hairline back with scalp micropigmentation. The Texas Marquez Studio have over 30 years of haircutting experience and can assist you with all of your questions. Call to schedule a consultation today, 646-221-8728. You can also visit them on Instagram at Bronx Marquez to see their gallery and view all their satisfied customers. Again, that is Marquez Studio, located in the Bronx, New York, 646-221-8728. Another guy who's in a little bit of a gray area is Giants quarterback Daniel Jones. He's being shut down for the year with neck problems. They're mulling over whether or not to pick up his fifth-year option. He's been in contact with Joe Judge, and head coach Joe Judge has said that, you know, they'd like to pick up that option. But, you know, he doesn't really have that authority. That falls on Dave Gettleman. And all three of these guys might end up out on their ass. But... Jones wants to stay. Judge wants him to stay. But ultimately, what does this mean for Daniel Jones's future as a New York Giant? Yeah, I mean, to me, uh, I was actually watching uh, some of his games. 
uh, the last couple of days because I was just curious, like, what the Giants should do. And to be quite honest with you, I'm not seeing progress. And yes, his turner, his turnovers have gone down from when he was a rookie to last year to even this year. They've gone down. But I'm not seeing Justin Herbert out there. Like, I am not seeing uh, Joe Burrow out there. Like, I'm not seeing the next generational talent. Um, I don't think they should exercise his fifth option. Let him play next year and see what happens after next year. Because if he has a terrible year or he gets hurt again, because he seems to get hurt every year, if he gets hurt, now you're in the mix. You're probably going to have a top 10 pick and you're in the quarterback sweepstakes again. Um, but he is definitely, he, he's a good player. He's good. He's not number six overall good. He's not top 10 good. I'd say he's bottom 20. He's, he's in the top. He's, he, he's, a, he's a starting quarterback in the National Football League. But so is Blake Bortles at one point. So, you know, and that's the person I kind of think about when I see Daniel Jones. I do. I think of Blake Bortles. He kind of reminds me of Blake Bortles. So what you're saying is that Daniel Jones is a career backup and scout team quarterback. Because that's what I, Blake Bortles is at no, this point. No, but maybe with a little bit more of assistance, he can go further. Like, let's remember, Blake Bortles was almost going to the Super Bowl uh, one year where they, they actually hosted... I believe the AFC Championship game against Tom Brady, and they let Brady come back and win. It's and granted, a little misleading because you do. Have, I mean, they did have Leonard Fournette on that team, so a lot of they, the a lot of they, the offense was run through playoff. Their Leonard. defense, their defense was stacked too. That was too. they had Jalen Ramsey, Khalif Campbell. Yeah. I think I mean, they had Jack on that team. They had yeah. a team. If they had, if, if Daniel Jones could be a competent game manager, then sure, that's fine. Game managers can be successful. Kirk Cousins got paid handsomely for being a game manager. But like you, I don't see a great quarterback when I look at Daniel Jones. You know, a career 12 and 25 record. Yeah, granted, that's, you know, a product of the team he's on. 45 touchdowns, 29 picks. The fumbles have been cleaned up, which is good. He's a relatively accurate passer for his career. He's almost 63% for completion percentage. So, you know, that's pretty decent. It's the decision-making. The decision-making still is not there yet. It's not, it's not fast enough. Or the, when he decides to run, he leads with his head. There's a reason why he's out right now with a bad neck. Because he doesn't slide. Yes, he's a big guy. I get that. You're a big guy. But you're running head first into another big guy. That's not very smart. So, I agree that they sh- the Giants should not pick up the fifth-year option, especially when they're so unsettled in the upper management scenario because, let's be real here, Dave Gettleman's gone. He, he's, he is not long for his position. And say you bring in, you know, a Charlie Casserly, or you bring in Tom Coughlin, or you bring in whoever you bring in. It's not going to be like John Idzik where they're going to force him to keep Joe Judge. They're going to let the new GM 
pick his guy. And they're very much tied together. Coach, GM, and quarterback. So, I think that there will be a full-on house cleaning. And Daniel Jones might just end up being collateral damage in that. And to be honest with you, the Giants have multiple first-round picks this year. You can take one of those picks and Jones, and you can move them to another team for a fresh start, and you can bring in a quarterback who is more accomplished, who wants to who wants to win, and who can take your team forward, who can be that guy who can steady, steady the ship and move this team in the right direction, whether that's a Derek Carr or a Russell Wilson or whomever. So there's Deshaun, there's Deshaun Watson, right? Deshaun Watson, yeah. There's there's Jimmy G, there's Aaron Rodgers, there's Trey Lance, there's quarterbacks to be got. There's going to be players out there where you can trade for them. Yeah, there's there's absolutely going to be there. And, you know, you give Daniel Jones the opportunity to prove it elsewhere. Because he's only 24. It's not... You know, let's not write him off yet. It's not like he's 28, 29. He is only 24, and he just may not be ready for the moment yet. Somebody laughed. Somebody laughed at me, but hey, man, Mitchell Trubisky's out there too. And listen, I like Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, he was able to be have success in Matt Nagy's system, which is awful, as (laughs) you can see what's happening to Justin Fields right now. Don't, I don't think people should. I, people say that he's a he's a backup. I don't know. I think Trubisky should get another shot. I mean, he's been to the playoffs. He was. He's he took over five hundred. He's yeah. got a over five hundred record. Yeah. Well, I mean, so does Matt Nagy, though. So it's yeah. like you know, uh, you know, we trash Matt Nagy on the regular, but you know, I mean, Trubisky deserves another shot, and I, I think that Jones will get another opportunity somewhere whether it's as a backup or as, you know, like as a guy in Atlanta. What about Atlanta? Like Matt Ryan, he's not long for the league. Why not? You know, sit sit, learn behind Matt Ryan for a little bit, then put him in. What, he's 26, he's 27? Eh, why not? It, it's it's definitely within the realm of possibility that he you could you could get something there. Yeah, and I had mentioned, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a guy that could potentially come to the Giants or go to the 49ers or move on from the, P- the Green Bay Packers. But, man, he looks sensational against my Ravens on nine toes this past weekend. <laughs> and, you know, just uh, and Jonathan Taylor, he iced the game against the Patriots late uh, with his league-leading 17 rushing touchdowns, I believe now. Did either cement themselves as the MVP from their performances this weekend? You know as well as I that if Derrick Henry did not win MVP last year, Jonathan Taylor is not winning MVP this year. It's a nice little story in the grander scheme of things. At this point, they would trip over themselves to find a quarterback to give this award to. So, congratulations to Jonathan Taylor. You're having a hell of a year, but if Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook couldn't sniff that award, neither will you, my man. So, to me, 
this puts Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady on an even footing because Aaron Rodgers had that shit performance in week one and Tom Brady just got shut out. So you definitely have, you know, now each of them has a bad game under their belt. But you're looking at 11-2 and two as a starter this year because you had that one Jordan Love game. You had 30 touchdowns, four picks. It's astounding. And it's going to be very difficult to overlook these kinds of stats. He's thrown for almost 3,500 yards already. So it it's a two-horse race. It would be nice if they would consider Jonathan Taylor, but I really don't think that they're going to because of the fact that they love to fawn on the quarterbacks. And, you know, it's hard to deny the effectiveness of Aaron Rodgers this year, despite the whole immunized versus vaccinated controversy. I definitely think that he is starting to pull away from the rest of the competition. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens are a bad football team. Uh, That might not make the playoffs. Uh, They started a backup quarterback, and they were still a play away from sending the game into overtime or even winning the game. The Pats are, were one time, you know, one of the top teams in the AFC, and I believe they're still uh, the number one seed in the AFC East. Um, Pats loaded the box against JT all night. He still got over 100 yards uh, rushing, and then he broke one open to end the game late. Um, yeah, for me, I, I hear what you're saying, but I think the running back should get it this year, just like I thought the running back should get it last year. But I understand they didn't give it to Derrick Henry last year. So how are you going to give it to, to Jonathan Taylor this year? But I don't know. I just, uh, he's having a great year without him. They wouldn't be where they are. And, and Rogers and Brady, we've been there. It's like, it's just, it's time for some new blood. Agreed. But at the same time, it's just like all the quarterbacks that we have anointed, it's still the two old heads on the top, you know? It is very interesting to me that all of the guys who are supposed to be the next ones, and we're still talking about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. But, you know, what would it take? How many touchdowns would it take for Jonathan Taylor to be taken seriously as an MVP candidate? 24? Yeah. 25? 30? <laughs> right, right. Ladanian Tomlinson status. And the funny thing was, is I was watching, they were they were showing, like, I think the last six running backs to win the MVP award, and he has similar numbers to them. And with the extra game, it might even help him push him over the top. So we'll have to we'll have to see where it goes. But from talking about potential MVPs, let's talk about a guy that's not playing MVP basketball right now and that's Anthony Davis goes down with an MCL sprain likely out four to six weeks how can the Lakers stay in it without AD well he's averaging 23.3 points he's almost 10 rebounds a game two blocks so he needs he is the defensive presence and he is you know, the force down low. He was starting to be the guy that they brought in from New Orleans that falls on D. 
DeAndre Jordan, a combination of DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard. Now, five years ago, that would have been great. That would have been a fine, com- that would have been a fine combination, we'll say. But it's not five years ago. It's 2021. So it remains to be seen if those guys can pull their weight down low. As usual, it falls on LeBron F. James. At, you know, he's already playing 37 minutes. He's averaging almost 27 points. How, it's amazing to me, like, yet LeBron's got to do more. You brought all these guys in, and what happens? As always, it reverts to LeBron has to do more. It, it is amazing to me that regardless of whatever team he's on, it always ends up LeBron has to do more. Because, I mean, are you? what are you going to get? You're going to get 14 points from Carmelo. Okay, maybe he can bump that up a little bit. Maybe he can give you what, maybe like uh, 17, 18. I don't think he's going to start getting 30, 33 again like he was in his heyday with the Knicks. I don't think he's going to replace that, that, those points. Um, you know, Trevor Ariza, he's a defensive player. He's not going to be great. Russell Westbrook, it would be great. He's already he's only at about 20 points. If he can get up to about 24 a game, that would be fantastic. But at the same time, I, they need they need more of a defensive presence, and they need that guy down low. So I, I don't see it on this roster right now. And the answer, as always, is LeBron must play harder. Yeah, I don't think so this time. He's just too old now. I think, <laughs> I think, I think honestly, Russ needs to play better. And Russ is actually playing pretty good, but LeBron does not look like he's having fun. Like I remember those days when he was with the Heat, he looked like he was having a blast. He did, it, basketball looks like it's, it's real job right now. And, and what Russ needs to do is he needs to average 25 points per game. He needs to shoot better from the line. And he needs to be the one-two combination with LeBron, something LeBron hasn't had ever while he's been in the league. No, he hasn't. I mean, when when he was having fun, he was playing with two prime superstars. Right, right. You were playing with Chris Bosh. You were playing with Dwayne Wade. Here, I mean, you're playing with Russ, but... Russ is not the guy that's making other guys better. We've seen this in many stops along the way. Russ is about get about Russ. Russ wants to get his triple double. That that's kind of where he is. LeBron is the guy who makes other guys better. But the problem is is that he can't be he's not going to be the point guard. He's not going to bring the ball up. That the job that job belongs to Russell Westbrook, or at least it should belong to Russell Westbrook. So at, what do you do? You know, do you play off the ball now and just become, you know, a drive and shoot, a drive guy? Or do you become a catch and shoot guy? Are you going to bully your way to the basket? Like, what? How are you going to change how you play in order to, in order to complement what Russ brings to the table? Especially now that you're at a more advanced age. I, I don't know. Yeah, so, there, there's there's no answer for that. But one thing is for sure is LeBron, I think his days of being the guy are behind him. He needs to rely on his team. 
and they haven't been healthy. So when they get healthy, they might be a little better. And like we, t- like I said, I think Russ, he comes, to, he comes to play. He raises his game to a higher level. It's going to be, I just, they're not going to be able to beat Golden State. They're not going to be able to beat the Phoenix Suns, who I think are like 25 and 5 right now. Yeah. So. But this is what we were concerned about when they constructed this team. There's so many veteran players. Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James. All these guys are north of 30. And you're asking them to play critical roles. And. It was a flawed construction then. It's a flawed construction now. And I don't necessarily know how you fix this. You, you, you need to get younger. You need to get younger. You need to get talented. Which I, that's, that's not even, that's not even possible right now. You can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Pop Stars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Pop Stars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Pop Stars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Pop Stars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. But your team, finally, the Mets have their manager. Mets signed Buck Showalter as their manager. I think you're stoked about this, so I'm going to cede my time to you here. You are correct, sir. I am absolutely stoked about this hire. I wanted Buck Showalter when they initially hired Carlos Beltran. I wanted Buck Showalter when they initially hired Luis Rojas. I wanted Buck Showalter all the way back to when they hired Mickey Calloway and they didn't even bother giving him a call. They probably could have had him after Willie Randolph or possibly were in the Art Howe era because there was a gap between 2000 and 2003 when Buck was out of the league. So it's possible that yeah, the, in the Art Howe era, that they could have uh, worked out a little something to where Buck Showalter was running the ship. He brings stability. He brings maturity. He can definitely get the best out of his players. He's not totally analytics-driven, but he's a numbers guy. That's the thing. What makes him different than other managerial candidates is that he takes the, the data... And he applies it because he has some working understanding of it. It's not, he's not slavish to the book. Like, this is my fifth inning guy, and he's only going to be my fifth inning guy in this instance. He'll, he lets guys ride. He will let players play because that's the kind of manager he is. He's old school in that regard. And I think that this team 
needs a guy like him. Him and Max Scherzer are the two biggest acquisitions they will have this year. One adds further legitimacy to the rotation. The other one adds a legitimacy and a maturity to the organization that's been sorely lacking for years. Meh. I mean, I honestly don't care for the hire. I didn't understand what the hoopla about this guy was. Did I miss a World Series that he won? Did I miss some kind of accolade that he achieved as a manager? I remember his time with... I remember his time with the... With the, the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Buck's been out of the game for quite a while. I think they should have brought back... Why not bring back Beltran? He didn't... All those other guys that got... Put, uh, you know, tied up in that scandal. They went back on to coach. They got jobs. They got their jobs back. Why can't Carlos Beltran get his job back? How about David Cohn? That'd have been cool. Or maybe, maybe even Joe Espada, who has been a special assistant to Brian Cashman in the past. At one point, he spent time as a bench coach with the Astros. Or my man, Ron Washington. I just, eh, I don't really see the old law about this hire. I've never been a Buck fan. I don't see what he's going to really do for the New York Mets. Of the oh. guys you just listed, I would only want Ron Washington. I don't want some numbers jockey. Sorry. And, and, that, Ron, Washington's, just... and Ron Washington's a good coach. He's yeah, a great no, coach. Been to a World Series. Has Buck been to a World Series? He I think not. Ron went to two, I actually think. I think he got them into two. He did, so. and they lost both. So <laughs> let's not bury the lead here. So he has as many World Series rings as Buck Walter. No, but, uh, <laughs> not true. Because Ron was just with the Braves with the and he Braves, got the, yes. he's the third base coach. He's got He was one. sending them. He was sent. Well, Buck Walter was the third base coach for the Yankees too. So he's, <laughs> he's sending guys. We're just sending runners. But, um, you know, uh, I don't want guys who are just going to be slaves to analytics and I don't, I, you're, I don't want to run down another first-year manager. You, you just did it with Mickey Calloway. You were going to do it with Carlos Beltran. You just did it with Luis Rojas. Let somebody with experience run the ship for a little while. And you, you'd see a huge difference. David Cohn, like, David Cohn is much like the Aaron Boone hire. Great on TV. And I think he would just be a puppet for Sandy Alderson and Billy Eckler at the end of the day. So I like him. I like the fact that he's going to have backbone. He's going to do what he needs to do. And there is no doubt that any decision is going to come from Buckshaw Walter. And it is going to be, it's going to be a decision that's rooted in numbers, but an actual application of the numbers rather than some kind of formula. You can find The Fade Route on Facebook now. Check out our Facebook page, The Fade Route with DNZ. It's a one-stop shop for everything we do content link to the fade store all of our episodes you name it it is there the fade route with dnz on facebook the tradition of festivus begins 
with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. All right, boys and girls, we said it before. It is Festivus, and you know what happens on Festivus. We air our grievances. We got a lot of problems in the world of sports, and now you're going to hear about them. Who you, uh, who are your grievances, D? Well, I'm going to start off with Antonio Brown, one of the most talented wide receivers to ever play the game. Man, you got caught with a fake fax card. Totally unnecessary. You're supposed to be a role model. You can't be doing stuff like that. If you don't want to get vaccinated, just don't get vaccinated. Next, my beloved Atlanta Braves. How do you not re-sign Freddie Freeman before the lockout? He is one of the best first basemen in the league. He won the MVP award two years ago. And he helped the Braves win their first World Series since 1995. Lock him up, man. Lock him up up next one jj watt i am so tired of hearing him from you your team is about to go on a three-game losing streak this is why nobody took your team the cardinals seriously i'm tired of you being hurt i'm tired of hearing from you i'm actually rooting against the cardinals because of you just stop talking your brother's better than you are next nfl replay Ever since the inception of replay, referees still get the plays wrong. They still get the replay wrong. I've been saying it for years. The replay system does not work. Just give it up. Let Give up to 60-year-old men who can barely see. Just let them call the game and whatever happens, happens. If the eye in the sky wants to change something, let the eye in the sky change something. But man, it, replay is awful. Next, Dwayne Johnson. I miss the days when you were just a wrestler that I would cheer on Mondays, Thursdays, and an occasional Sunday. Now you're making movies, making tequila, starting a new football league, and appearing on Netflix shows. Dwayne Johnson, I am just tired of you, dude. And you were one of my favorite wrestlers ever. And last but finally not least is COVID-19. You've really just robbed people of life travel, school, friendships, relationships, and normalcy. Stop spreading, stop mutating, and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> 100% on COVID-19. COVID-19, go fuck yourself. As far as my grievances go, how about we get equal pay for the U.S. women's national soccer team? They play twice as many games as the men just to make as close to the same amount of money, right? They don't make the same amount. They get close, but they have to do double the work. Just like always, women have to do double the work to get the same, maybe a little less respect that the men usually do. So that that shit needs to stop. Number two, Trevor Bauer. Stop acting like a sexually assaulting pig. <laughs> you got... How many times did you need to get be put on administrative leave? How many times? Keep it in your pants, Trevor. And stay the hell away from everybody. Deshaun Watson, that goes for you too. Don't think I forgot about you. John Gruden. I actually, forgot, I actually forgot about him. You know that? 
Somebody I, brought him up to me recently. And I was like, holy shit, I forgot he's still on the Texans. It's <laughs> unbelievable. It, it's absolutely <laughs> unbelievable what's going on. And it, you know what? It, it, you know what? NFL, you gutless bastards. You let him twist in the wind. MLB had the good sense to friggin' Keyshawn Trevor Bauer, but you let him twist in the wind, and you sunk Tua. You almost wrecked Tua because you refused to make that judgment call. So, NFL, you can go fuck a duck. Moving on. Rob Manford and Tony Clark, you're going to rob us of a Major League Baseball season. You can kiss my ass. Right there in Macy's window. John Gruden, I didn't forget about you. You're a racist piece of shit. So, guess what? I don't want to hear from you anymore either. Who else? I think I said my piece. I got to save some for next year. Was it good for you? Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, from the grievances of the year, we're now talking about the alleged superstar of the week. You know what to do. The poll is up after the show on our Twitter page at FaderoutDNZ. Go check it out. Vote early and you can make this happen. Do you know who won last week, D? I do. I do. Urban Meyer won. And that was the kick that everybody, that was the kick that everybody heard. (laughs) Coach Urban Meyer, you were the ass for last week, but who's going to win the ass this week? Who are your nominees, D? My first nominee is Anthony Davis. Out of these four weeks with an MCL sprain, dude, you're supposed to be a superstar and you're always hurt. How can we consider you one of the best players of all time if you can't get on the court? Now we can't even... Now you can't even save the Lakers. Anthony Davis, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Next is Bruce Arians. Last year he said if A.B. made one mistake, one mistake, he's out of here. Well, guess what? He's made more than one mistake since he's been on the Bucks. And now you say you need him to play on the team. Bruce Arians, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, Tom Brady. Making the list this week. You're supposed to be the GOAT. You get shut out at home by Dennis Allen and the Saints. With Taysom Hill as the quarterback. And then you slam a surface down the sideline. And you tell the the coach of the opposing team to go fuck himself. Because you can't figure out his defense. Tom Brady, you gotta act like a pro. 
and I love you, but you are my alleged superstar of the week. What say you, Z? All good choices. You had one of mine. You had Bruce Arians. Mine is going to be mostly confined to coaches this week, but I got a player in there, and I got one as well that I think everybody will agree on. But we're going to start with John Harbaugh. Going forward on fourth down with the game on the line with the best kicker in the NFL on the sideline, costing your team another win and potentially a playoff spot. Coach Harbaugh, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Coach Brandon Staley of the LA Chargers, passing up nine points, passing up nine points that would have kept you out of overtime with the Chiefs, leading to a loss. You, Coach Staley, are my alleged superstar of the week. Ryan Tannehill, 23 of 32, 153 yards, no touchdowns, one pick, two fumbles, one fumble loss in a loss to the Steelers that allows the Colts to close the gap in the division. Ryan Tannehill, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, Joe Buck for one of the most brutal calls ever during Chiefs Chargers with the Donald Parham injury, claiming the cold night rather than the head trauma was why Parham was twitching uncontrollably on the ground. Joe Buck, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, we have made our cases. It is now time for you to take to the Twitter page and vote, vote, vote and for our nominees just do better boys just do better favorite podcast has its own merch line now go to the fade store with dnz.com today for all your fade route merch needs i'm talking tank tops t-shirts sweatshirts like yoga pants we got those too like some cool accessories we got those too and we're not done yet we have so much more planned for you but check out what we have today at the fade store with dnz.com that's the fade store with dnz.com Let's run the option and give you our picks for the week. All right, boys and girls, it is the option for week 16. How'd you do last week, brother? I did all right. I got I was 10 and 6. That's right. It's a pretty good week for us both. I went 11 and 5. So it Not seems like uh it seems like we're right in the ship over here for both of us. So not too shabby. Not too bad at all. Same deal, boys and girls. We have four, count them, four days of NFL action this coming week, starting Thursday night with the eight and six 49ers at the nine and five Titans. Who you got? Yeah, I'm going with the 49ers and very tempted to start their defense in the fantasy playoffs, but uh, I do like their chances of rolling the Titans. Titans are not looking great right now, 
The Niners are surging. I like their defense. Elijah Mitchell can play. I'm going to roll with the Niners as well. Merry Christmas. Saturday, December 25th, 4.30 Eastern. The 7-7 Browns at the 11-3 Packers. I am going with the Packers. I'm going with the Packers, too. The Browns are severely depleted right now. Who knows what's going to happen as we get closer to game time. They may get more whole, or they may just be holding steady. And if they hold steady, chances are they can't beat the Packers. Even if they're whole, chances are they can't beat the Packers. (laughs) So... We're just going to go with that and say Green Bay by at least a touchdown. And at 8-15, the 8-6 Colts at the 10-4 Cardinals. Oh, the Cardinals are reeling right now. They're Like I said, they're going to go for their third loss in a row. I'm going with the Colts. I'm going with the Colts as well. Jonathan Taylor's going to have a big game. The Rams kind of showed how to beat the Cardinals. The, they're reeling right now. And if you can get into that soft middle, you can throw the ball on them. So I'm expecting a big day from like a Mo Alley Cox or even a Michael Pittman Jr. But the Colts are pretty handily going to take this game and the Cardinals are going to lose three in a row. Sunday, 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 one o'clock slate of games, the four and ten Giants at the seven and seven Eagles. Who will not be? Who will be without their head coach Nick Sirianni, who tested positive for COVID? Yeah, I'm thinking the Eagles should be a nice revenge game. No, no Daniel Jones either. Uh, Eagles should fly high. Well, we're probably going to get the the starting debut of Jake Fromm, so there's something for Giants fans to look forward to. But the Eagles are flying high, like you said. They're running on all cylinders and the Giants are just playing out the string hoping that they can get this season over with ASAP. Eagles in a rout. 10 and 4 Rams at the 7 and 7 Vikings. I am taking the Rams. They seem to be playing well. This is going to be a pretty good game. Uh the Rams are pretty decent. They definitely have their moments. I'm going to go with the Vikings. I think that Dalvin Cook is going to have a big game. And I think that they're due for a big win and to take a big step in the playoff hunt. The 8-6 Bills at the 9-5 Pats. I'm taking the Pats, man. This is important. This this really will determine who is going to run the AFC East. I don't know if the Bills and Coach McDermott have the juice to take on the Pats. I thought they did based on what they were able to do last year, but the Pats came to play, and they already put a whooping on the Bills this year without having to throw the ball more than three times. So I think the conditions will be better. Mac Jones will have to throw the ball more than three times, and I think he will be more successful. Pats by 10. The ten and four Bucks at the five and nine Panthers. I'm starting the Bucks defense, so the Bucks better win. Uh, sounds like Darnold and Cam are going to split time. That should be interesting. So uh, hopefully the Bucks are a little angry about their nine 
nothing loss at home to a division opponent and they pummel the Carolina Panthers. I don't know with if with those depleted weapons if they're going to be able to uh, really offensively compete with the Panthers. They'll be able to put some points up, but I don't know if they'll be able to really uh, explode. But what will explode is the Buccaneers' defense. And Todd Bowles is going to have them primed and ready to go. Bucks pretty easily. The Mediocrity Bowl, the 2-12 Jaguars at the 3-11 Jets. I'm going with the Jets, man. Uh, no, no, no Coach Sala. That should help them out. <laughs> no Coach Meyer either. So that's definitely going to help out, help out the situation as well. Um... <laughs> I'm going to go with the Jets as well. I, you know, Trevor Lawrence is not that great. He, he's not that great right now. And maybe, you know, maybe next year he'll be better. But right now he's just not good. And if Zach Wilson can play three quarters of football, I think the Jets will be fine. Last week, he only played two quarters of football, and they fell apart against the Dolphins. Maybe he can get closer to completing a game. Jets are going to win. The two 11-1 Lions at the 6-8 Falcons. Uh, I'm taking the Falcons. I know the Lions beat the Cards last weekend, but the Falcons are actually good. They're a good team. They're, they're not great, but they're, they're, they'll take care of business. The Falcons should win this game. They are better than the Lions. The Lions will compete. It will be close. But I think the Falcons will do just enough to win. The 8-6 Chargers at the 3-11 Texans. I was tempted to take the Texans in this game, especially the way the coach of the Chargers called the game last week. But I'm going to take the Chargers. He hasn't learned his lesson. He came out and said he's going to continue to be aggressive. And that may very well bite them in the ass, but I don't think it's going to matter in this game because the Texans aren't very good. Chargers are going to win pretty easily. The 8-6 Ravens at the 8-6 Bengals for the division lead. Yeah, I went back and forth on this, but ultimately I decided that the Ravens are just too hurt, so I'm taking the Bengals. And Tyler Huntley played very well last weekend. Tyler Huntley, they have something in Tyler Huntley. I think he's going to be a starter in the league next year. I think he, I think he's, uh, he's got something. He's definitely got something. He's got a good arm. He's mobile. He can definitely carry a team. He's got a good head on his shoulders, a good leader. You can tell just by the way he carries himself and how the team responds to him. That being said, the Bengals are more healthy, and the Bengals are playing well. I think it's because of the no, no nightlife in Cincinnati as per Joe Burrow. There's really nothing going on. That's why they're healthy. At least that's what he's saying. I'm going to take the Bengals pretty easily. The 4 and 10 Bears go and face the Seahawks at 5 and 9 entering uh, the 4 o'clock hour. Yep, Seahawks. Pretty easily. In the matchup of two coaches that will not be there next year. <laughs> Pete Carroll is going to pack Mac Nagy's bags before he packs his own. The seven and six, seven six and one Steelers go into Arrowhead at four twenty five to take on the ten and four Chiefs. Chiefs, Chiefs there. Chiefs roll. Chiefs roll. Even without Kelsey. Even without Hill. 
Well, uh, they can still have back-to-back negative tests in play, so they still have a chance to play. They have. There's an there's an outside shot for sure. Yeah, they've both been vaccinated, so they just have to have consecutive negative tests to play. And I'm being told that it's it's likely that they'll play. Either way, how about them Chiefs? Yeah. yeah. The seven and seven Broncos at the seven and seven Raiders. I'm gonna take the Broncos. Just they play good defense. And my boy is starting. Yeah. Drew Lock. Love Drew Lock, man. Love that guy. Well, we hope Teddy Bridgewater's okay. We're just gonna send that out right now. That was a scary looking face plant that he took. And hopefully Teddy's okay. But I'm going to take the Raiders on this one. They're a little right. bit healthier. And uh, I think that's going to matter at the end I of the day. I hope you're right. I hope Jacobs has like a 1,000 yards rushing because he hasn't had a 100-yard game all year. And he was he's one of my top backs. So I hope you're right. Well, we'll we will definitely and he see. And pra- he was out of practice today because of an illness. So he better not have COVID. Well, if he does, then, you know, it's going to fall back into the – Onto the backup, so we will see. But um, yeah, I think the Raiders are definitely going to to take this one. It's going to be close though. Both teams are pretty mediocre. Your Sunday night special: the six and eight Washington football team at the ten and four Cowboys. Cowboys, Washington's done so. Cowboys pretty easily. Washington will put up a fight, but if they have to start Garrett Gilbert again, <laughs> no. Sorry, yeah. no offense. No offense to Gary Gilbert, but this Friend ain't, of the program. This ain't the XFL and this ain't the AF. This is the NFL. And your Monday night delight. 815. The seven and seven Dolphins at the seven and seven Saints. Yeah, I'm taking the Saints. They play really good defense. Um Dolphins don't do anything special. So I think I like the Saints chances. Saints play good defense. I, don't, I like what the Dolphins are doing right now. They don't they they don't wow you, but they definitely get the job done. And Coach Flo has not lost the locker room, so they've been rolling. I think they continue to roll. I'm going to take the Dolphins. Well, this has been the fade route with D and Z. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast Wednesday nights on the Anchor, on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. We'll talk to you next week, and happy Festivus, Merry Christmas, and happy holidays. If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up at Fade Route Podcast on IG, FaderoutMail at gmail.com, or slide in our DMs at Twitter at FaderoutDNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.